it's time for Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Identical twins who swam the placental waters together and have navigated life as identical individuals. At childhood, the brothers shared clothes, a room, and birthdays, thus fortifying their bond. Nevertheless, their differences became apparent. While Jose and Angel love country, family, and rock and roll, they rarely see eye to eye. The only constant is their unique alliance and rivalry. They may have shared the womb, but they don't share opinions. And welcome to another edition of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. <laughs> Just kidding. That's Jackie Casas, who is sitting in right now as my brother makes his way into Theo Luis's garage from God knows somewhere uh, where he works. He's on his way. He travels afar. He, he travels from afar. What yes. what city does he work in? Like in the Inland Empire. We call it. Yeah. It's called the Inland Empire out here in Southern California where my brother works. It's about 90 miles, 60 to 90 miles east of downtown Los Angeles. And uh, that's where he works. He has a, a nice drive to think about what he's going to say it's, here in Theodosia's garage. How he's going to interrupt me incessantly. How, yes. <laughs> how he's going to be able to flow while he's here in Theodosia's garage. It takes a lot of time. That's why he travels so far to work. Uh, anyway, as you can hear, that's Jackie Casas filling in for Angel until he gets here. Love your voice, Jackie. Thank you. I appreciate that. Last week you were wearing a robe. I <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was wearing a robe. My hair was dripping wet. Beautiful. And I came running in. Today, kind of the opposite. Overslept. So, I'm, you know, it's like the worst nightmare for me to oversleep. And then look <laughs> at the clock and say, ah, Twin Talks calling my name. <laughs> so, it's a little, it was a little different today. So today on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, we got a we have a great show for you. Um, we have today the father who is the father of Hollywood. Today on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, we will answer that question. Galen Whitley Keith, who has a legacy. Yeah, who is the father of Hollywood? Hollywood was going to be with us today, and so uh, listen for that. It's really interesting on the heels of the Oscars ceremony here in Los Angeles and Hollywood. We will have Galen Whitley Keith talking about her lineage, Oscar, the man who created Hollywood. Oscar doesn't wear heels. <laughs> Anyways, as you can hear, my brother Angel has arrived into Theo Luis's garage. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to finally make it on time, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, not on time, eh, but you know. Twin talk time. On twin talk time. But we have a fantastic show. The father of Hollywood. Who we will answer the question. Gaylee, I'm sorry, Galen Whitley Keith, who has written a book, The Father of Hollywood, who is related. Her grandfather is the purported father of Hollywood. He's the man who created <laughs> does, Hollywood. Does he wear heels? <laughs> anyway, does, I don't know if you've heard of Whitley Heights, but named after Galen Whitley Keith. Does family. that have anything to do with the Galen Center at USC? Interesting. I don't think so, because this is Galen Whitley's. No, but it has everything to do with West Hollywood, Galen. Uh, 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, stay tuned for that really cool, really cool um, topic. Um, if anyone digs Hollywood, if you've ever been fascinated with the glitter, the glam, and all that good stuff, the celebrity dumb, and also the scandal. <laughs> They're all dumb, eh? <laughs> um, listen, uh, in the second half of our show, we will be speaking with Galen Whitley Keith. She's an author, and she is the one who will tell us the story behind the father of Hollywood. Also, tonight, as we do every week on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, with the news and dirty laundry multimedia journalist and friend of ours, friend of Theo Lisa's Garage, Jackie Casas, will give us the skinny on the latest. Jackie, what's going on in news and dirty laundry tonight? Well, tonight on News and Dirty Laundry, known gang members have surfaced in a video from Syria, apparently gang banging. Details on that fun adventure overseas. Oh. Also, a unanimous vote took place in Los Angeles today. I'll let you know what the vote banned in public places of Los Angeles. And finally, I have the winners, losers, and greatest moments of the Oscars. All that and more coming up on News and Dirty Laundry. Did you say gangsters in Syria? <laughs> yeah, gang banging. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, that sounds like a chick. Like, oh, can I have some eggs? No, those are my children. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Anyways, that's what's going to go out. Go out. What's, what's going on in News and Dirty Laundry? Uh, stay tuned for that. Also, we're going to chat it up today. I will uh, have a Patriot Pass. My brother will have his chill lounge. Tonight, Twin Talk is brought to you by all those cool people like this guy next to me. <laughs> Sound engineer Lenny is gonna is with us tonight. I think it's his last day. Freaking ranking. Again? No. He keeps ranking on us. Orale. Orale. Didn't he say that last us. time? He, he did. But they keep coming back. <laughs> they always come they back, always huh, Jose? Come back. We want to invite you all to to participate with us tonight on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. We take your phone calls. You give us a call at 626-275-8946. Also, you can chat us up throughout the show live on Facebook. Go to our Facebook wall at Twin Talk Show, on Twitter at Twin Talk Show, and Instagram at Twin Talk Show. Give us your comments, questions, or just give us a rabble rouse. <laughs> and send some pizza, too, eh, to Theo Lisa's Garage. Uh, just send some pizza, eh? How was your week, man? It was good. And finally, we got some rain, man. Yeah. And, you know, it, you could totally tell the difference because we didn't have rain for so long. You you could see like the pollen in the air for like yeah. a long time. Like I walked out of the house one time, and it looked like it was raining pollen. And I thought, oh, it was just a little bit of wind. I walked out of the house later on. Well, I had to walk back in first. Uh -huh. <laughs> later on, y todavía, man, pollen. So the the rain was very welcome. I stayed in that. You mentioned that because um, um, there has been an extended. Uh, there had been an extended allergy season. I know I was having a lot of issues and everyone I spoke to and the doctors <laughs> that I went to see were saying the same thing that there was so many people uh, suffering from allergies uh, that because of that but thank goodness it's it, you, like you said it rained. I don't know man I didn't have any issues I just needed a lot of tissue. But as you were talking about the rain this week um uh, the Oscars uh, happened, Oscars 2014. I know and eh? I, and I covered it. If you want go to um Twin Talk Show, our Facebook. Go check out our wall. I posted a lot of photographs from the red carpet. Uh, a lot of it having to do with rain and how people dealt with the rain um, uh, at the Oscars. 
Well, you know what? It rained on that Oscar day. It, it rained a little bit, but the rain before it, and it rained a lot. It was just miserable. Let me tell you, this is the first time I've seen the Oscars in years. You watched it. I totally actually sat down and watched the I My wife wa- just really wanted to watch it, right? Like, you always hype her up on these things because you start posting on Twitter and on Facebook all the pictures when you're on the uh, red carpet. And she really wanted to. There was two reasons why she watched it. Jared Leto mm. and uh, all right, all right, all right. What do you say? All Matthew right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Uh, what's his name? Matthew McConaughey. Oh, Maddie. Those are the only two reasons, you know. By, by those are really good reasons to watch the Oscars. I saw that movie. He's that, the only one who thanked God up at the at the stage. Did you notice that? Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. I must say, I've seen him several times in person, <laughs> but this is the first time I saw him up close where we actually interviewed him. Um, I'm not going to take anything away from him. He's a, a great looking guy, but he's actually showing his age when you see him up close. I think he's, I've noticed that he looked a little physically different, mm-hmm. and I still think it's because he that movie that he did, Dallas Buyers Club, he had a major weight loss I in order to that. perceive the character of an AIDS. I uh, thought about that because that really messes up your body. And I feel like that might have had a long term impact on him because I saw a photo of him from literally not that long ago, just two, three years ago. And he just looked like glowing, nice bronze. Well, I saw skin. that movie. I kind of by accident a week. Before, I want to see like, that. Like a week before the Oscars, I didn't even know the Oscars were coming. They always just kind of sneak up on me. Uh, next thing <laughs> I know, I, my brother's posting pictures, and uh, I kind of just watched it because I saw it on demand. It was like one of those days. My wife and I were going to just go get something on demand, and. Uh, and uh, actually, it took us two tries because I didn't pay the bill the first time, so I had to <laughs> wait a couple of days. Anyhow, I saw it. I never heard of it. Didn't know it was nominated or nothing, and it blew me away. The guy absolutely got down on his acting. And Jared Leto, my God, he was brilliant. They were both brilliant. Yeah. I'm really glad they got that Oscar. And uh, I got to say, I haven't watched a single Oscar-nominated film this year. Not a single one. No? I'm not up on it. Because I've been on a Breaking Bad binge. Huh. Let me tell you. I got to tell you. Can I tell you the <laughs> last part, the last season is on Netflix. It is, I know. Since last week. I and know. I went on a Breaking Bad binge. Let me tell you. Yesterday, <laughs> I was... You guys sound like drug addicts. Yesterday, no binge. <laughs> yesterday, I was like uh, like I typically do the day after the Oscars because I work. I get off like at four in the morning after a crazy long day. I, I literally have to recuperate. And I was laying on my couch body and head aching all over I mean just feeling horrible but watching Breaking Bad I literally watched five episodes yesterday back to back between my dozing but like I mentioned to someone before when I first started watching Breaking Bad it was like this cool kind of fun wow this is kind of oh this is bad dude I can't believe it and then all of a sudden it got real all of a sudden it got like heavy Mm. and so it's sort of like a drug addict where it's like oh this is a cool little high and all of a sudden you're like addicted and you can't get rid of the, or you can't kick it. That's where I'm at right now, dude. When yes. it ends, I'm gonna be on a freaking, I'm gonna be on uh, withdrawals. Yes. You know? Hey, don't be on withdrawals. Hey, be on munchies. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about munchies, eh? I'm gonna give you shout outs while you go get your munchies and uh, save some for me. Anyhow, the shout outs were brought to you by Aladdin's Junior the uh, Second Restaurant and Concert Venue. In the city of Pomona, I'll give you more information on that later. 
anyways, the first shout out I want to give, I want to give a shout out to my wife, Lulu. Baby, <laughs> I enjoyed watching the Oscars with you, baby, and I was only kidding about uh, Sandy Bullock. <laughs> you know, it's only, I only have eyes for you. I also want to give a shout out to the, uh, the Bato at the, uh, at the restaurant today. You, you, you served me today. You, you served it up really quick. I didn't take lunch today to work. I usually do. And so I, I was in a hurry. Thanks, Holmes. I want to give a shout out to. You got any shout outs, Jose? Yeah, I have a shout out. I want to give a shout out to my dear friend, producer at NBC, uh, Sarah Fruman. Nobody, nobody can work as hard as she. Thank you so much for kicking butt. Thank you for making and you know uh, making us all kick butt. Babe, get some rest, please. I really care about you. Get some rest. I love you. Also, want to give a shout out to Rebecca Fierro who chimed in with me this week, wanted me to give her a shout out from the red carpet. I did it, Rebecca. I did it, and I never give people shout outs. So uh-huh. There you go. Also, want to give a shout uh-huh. out to John Bavard, who's a hardworking man, kicked butt. Scott Meadows, Mark James, all of you guys kicked butt. Also, Christina, I forgot your last name, the intern. You're a cool chick. Keep it up. You have a future in television. Go, bro. Shout out to uh, Dennis Gabriel and uh, B Bone. See you on um, on Friday at the show. Also, shout out to Jake the Snake, uh, your lovely wife. Happy birthday, Monique! Uh, I'll see you also, uh, Mario Castro and uh, Mateo. See you guys on Friday. Shout out! Your shout outs are brought to you by Aladdin's Junior Concert Venue, Restaurant and Concert Venue. Uh, they got Mediterranean cuisine, really good choice of beer, music on weekends, and uh, they're over in downtown Pomona on Second Avenue. Look them up and uh, go over there. Tell them the twins sent you. All right, we'll be right back tonight. Who is the father of Hollywood? We'll be talking to author Galen Whitley Keith. Also, news and dirty laundry coming up. We'll be right back. Shoo! Speak right, all right, but get on no. Martinez, your loca host of Maz TV. Just wanted to check in with y'all and let you know to catch our show every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. on Channel 20, Direct TV, Dish, and AT&T Uverse. Tune in. Hug a twin today. Listen to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Yeah, welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. And we broadcast live every Tuesday night from Theo Luis's Garage on TwinTalkCast.com. We also do it out of the largest 
radio internet radio network in the world. <laughs> I always throw in radio first so I don't forget it and then I remember it. Uh, Live365.com. Just look for Twin Talk Cast Radio. You know, you can download the Live365. Live365.com application to your uh, gadget of choice, whether it's a tablet or a smartphone. When you do, download it and then search for Twin Talk Cast and put that on your presets and you can listen to us as you go. I dig it. I dig it. And you could also go to our website, uh, TwinTalkCast.com, and our radio player will be, give it a couple of seconds if you got a, a Adobe Flash. Uh, on, on your uh, computer or on your smartphone, it'll pop up. Don't need on to get the technical. Side. Just tell them to blah, go blah, there. Blah, They'll blah, figure blah, it out. Blah, blah. No, it's because some people who don't have Adobe Flash, They'll figure they it never out. see it, and you know you don't know what you don't know. If they can't figure it out, I want them to be our listeners. You don't know <laughs> what you don't know, so I'm dealing with the non-known. Tonight on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, the father of Hollywood. Who was he? Why is he called the father of Hollywood? Tonight we're going to be talking with Galen Whitley Keith, who is the grandchild of the so-called father of Hollywood. She's written a book, really? and it's going to be soon made. It's being written into a screenplay, soon to be made into a film, and even a short uh, children's story. Did he have like a a, 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 a field of poinsettias? Poinsettias. Poinsettias? Wasn't there like a big field of poinsettias? That's a good question. There was, there was one, but that's not who like, you're talking what, about. What, it's a strip now? Yeah, it's a strip. The Sunset Plaza strip or whatever. It's it's funny you mentioned that, but yeah, that, that's Let's not the ha- guy. Who, who's the, who are we going to have on? We're going to speak to his great-granddaughter, Galen Whitley-Keith. She's an author. She wrote this book. It's called uh-huh. The Father of Hollywood. And um, it's this it's currently being written for a screenplay for a children's film and for a major Hollywood film. A children's film? Yes, yeah, so we'll be talking to her about that. She'll answer those questions, things like, how did the Hollywood sign come up, you know, and, and what did this guy have to do with creating Hollywood? He, apparently, he was some big real estate magnate. Magnate. Right on. I'm going to ask him about the Madam of Hollywood, too, eh? Talk about Hollywood. The, the, the Oscars. You watch the Oscars. You I actually did. want to talk about the I Oscars. I do. I, I, I really do, because you know what I, re- I noticed? The, every time they talk to Sandra Bullock, they said Sandy. Really? Yeah, you know, like the stars would say, hey, Sandy. They referred her as Sandy. And uh, and I thought I was the only one, eh, you know? <laughs> the, what's up with that? But, uh, you know, I know everybody likes to talk about, hey, well, what do you think about what Ellen DeGeneres did? He, you know, did she do a good job? I think she did a good job. And you know what? She looked kind of nervous some of the times. Uh, I, I got to admit to you, I'm, I will listen to what you're saying, but I didn't watch the show but maybe one little thing. Because I was you, outside on the red carpet. What are working. you doing when the show is on? Um, uh, what I'm doing is doing live shots for the affiliates uh, through NBC, the NBC affiliates nationwide and international. So if you're doing live shots, what are dead shots? <laughs> Stupid. I don't know. They don't <laughs> exist in television. <laughs> Oh no, I gosh. thought it was a really. Uh, I thought it was cool. People like you know, it was way different than what I remember. Uh-huh. Because yes, it has all the glam and it's and the gold Oscars and you know and all that kind of like you know. I'm like you know you know they they just give each other uh, uh, accolades uh, and uh, 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 each other accolades. You know, auto accolades. Well, what they've been wanting to but, do more and more is, is more music acts in in the Oscars. I thought that was cool. Did you see you two got it? No, you didn't. They, they got did, a I did see that. Ovation. I did watch that. They got a standing ovation for that acoustic. Of, of uh, what's that love song or whatever it is called? Oh, no. new, new love, ordinary love from but the motion picture. Mandela. I love the happy song. I had no idea it was from a movie. Really? No, because I hear it like on YouTube <laughs> and on the radio, and it makes me happy. 
You know what I thought was interesting? The make you happy. What's up, sound engineer? Throw that shit in. And they they uh, they perform. What's that guy? Sean one whatever. The guy with the hat. He performed it live, and I was doing that. Well, I was making dinner. And uh, I thought it was so sweet. He goes on in the front row, and he starts dancing with people in the front row. And um, 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 Glenn um, Close, no, um, 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 what's his uh, name? Meryl Streep. Yeah, ya está grande, está anciana, man. Está bien. She's like, can I just say something? And she looked gorgeous, she looks great, and classy. And she and she didn't stand up, but she kind of danced with him, and I thought that was the cutest thing. And she reminds me of my mom. You know who's sublimely beautiful? Don't she remind you of my mom? Um, I've never thought of Glenn Close. Look at her, like when you Glenn look Close. at Meryl Streep. Oh, Meryl Streep. Meryl no. Streep. She's got like you know who that, looks you know that very classiness and prettiness. I think mom's classy and prettiness, but I don't see her in Meryl Streep. Or Meryl Streep in her. I'm sorry, I disagree, and that's why we're twin talk with Jose and Angel because we may have shared the womb, but we don't share opinions. Um, you know, I, I thought it was cute. You know who's sublimely make you happy? Okay, you know who's sublimely beautiful? Who? Um, uh, Kate Blanchett. Just okay. Cl- really? Classic superstar look, glamour. Um, I've never been a big fan of Angelina Jolie's look. I think she's beautiful, but I don't think she's all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, uh, Anne Hathaway, mm-hmm. sublimely beautiful. I just she, that you know what? Man. She looks like a boy, though. Eh? Like she looks like a like a boy kind of fam boy. Uh, I don't see like that, put dude. some pants and stuff on her. Not at all. Dude. She would look like a boy. Look, <laughs> put put Lenny's uh, uh, beanie on with the Nike on. She'll look like Lenny. Hey Lenny, you're very handsome, by the way. A, a Batgirl <laughs> or Catwoman? No, but you know, you know who too. I never seen, I never saw that movie, never heard of her, nothing. But that black woman was so that Kenyan black yeah, woman, yeah, yeah. Lupita, 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 something, yeah, Lupita Nyong'o, and that dress was a a good pick. Beautiful. I thought she was gorgeous. Do you know she was born in Mexico? Of course she was, eh? I didn't know that, but of course, eh? She was born in really? Mexico. You know, yeah. they used to say Africa was the motherland. I think Mexico's the motherland. Oh, <laughs> and did you notice that Leto uh, McConaughey um, and uh, uh, his wife, and uh, I think it was uh, Leto's mother, they were all wearing white. I did notice that. Did you notice that? I did notice that. I, it might have to do with the fact because this was about AIDS, right? It was all it was about probably AIDS. a statement. And it's it's a it's a riveting story. It really is. It, it it's based on, from what I understand, based on a true story where this guy, early on when AIDS was kind of like early on stages, in the 80s. and it was a cowboy guy, total cowboy, total macho guy who contracted AIDS and. And uh, was actually uh, uh, alienated by his macho cowboy friends, um, and uh, and the, what he went through in that, and also what he went through to try to get healed, and uh, all the uh, all the 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 private interests, you know, medicine companies, and and uh, it was it was kind of inspiring. Jay uh, uh, Leto's Leto's character uh, was was he was played, awesome. He won an Oscar for he it. Played, Done. Have Move you on seen to the next it? subject. No, hold on a second. I've never dude, seen dude, it. Rambling, dude. Uh, rambling. Jared Leto played a uh, a drag queen. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and he was beautiful. Mm. He was well, sophisticated. Well, well, let me tell you something. As a man, and I was amazed. I had no beautiful. idea who he was. I'm like, who is this guy? Lourdes? It's Jared Leto. Don't you know who Jared Leto is? Um, I'm like, I don't know who Jared Leto is. I remember when he. Okay, slow down. Let me talk now. There was there was. Uh, the first show I ever saw him on was on my so, my so called life with Claire Danes, and uh, he was Claire Danes' crush. 
mm-hmm. on that show that was an MTV drama or a VH1 drama, one of those two. And that's where Claire Danes got her start. And I remember watching Jared Leto thinking, oh, he's just a pretty face. He can't act worth crap. And he couldn't. He even did that movie, uh, Prefontaine. He was the lead character. He played uh, Prefontaine, the runner uh, from, uh, from the University of Oregon who ran in the Olympics and all that stuff. He played Prefontaine. I watched that film, boring. I thought he was horrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he comes up with this Mars whatever band. 30 Seconds to Mars. 30 Seconds to Mars. Let's play some good music. He's a band man? Yes. He's got a band, Jared? Yes. 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah, yeah and he, his older brother is actually uh, part of the band who was also there during so the Oscars and congratulated him. I thought that that 30 Seconds was like an inside joke. No. No, it's an actual band that's had some pretty good they, success. They actually won a Grammy or two. Yeah, they've actually had pretty pretty good uh, recognizable music in... Um, so now, now you see them. Uh, now you see him winning an Oscar. Now I must say I haven't watched the film, uh, but I hear that his uh, performance was totally Oscar worthy. You know? Brilliant. So, um, and it was a charming. You know what I thought was really cool about this uh, about this uh, duo, if you mm-hmm. will. It was like like you always have a duel. So it's either uh, uh, a two guys that one's a funny one and one's a serious one or it's a couple mm-hmm. a duel where you know it's the, the the unlikely couple that they end up falling in love because of some adventure or something but in this case it was two men one of which was uh, a drag queen who who was femme you know what i'm saying and one was totally macho so there wasn't Unlikely okay, okay. duel Angel. that put a twist Angel. in it. Jose, we're, we're rambling on this show. Who cares? Let's move on. It's radio. That's I what know. we do. We ramble but, on radio. But it's 7.30. I don't want to hear about that show anymore. I'm done with that. By the way, this is I'm going to tell you the ending right now just so you shut up. <laughs> this, is, this is 30 seconds to Mars. Listen to a little bit of that. Turn it up, Lenny. They're like an alternative rock. Yeah, must. Safe. They rock. Jared Leto is the singer, and his older brother is a drummer on the band. Now, so when he came up, when he came out with this band, I go, okay, that now he found his calling, because I didn't think the acting was anything worth, you know, worthy of it. But apparently, this performance on that film was phenomenal. So props to you, Jared Leto. Leto or Leto. Whatever. So now um, now that we've got that, let's move on. Let's move on, dude. I don't see anything wrong with talking about the Oscars. You're dragging on the same movie, dude. On and on. So, you're telling the whole story. So I didn't tell the whole story. I didn't tell the part where... Okay, I don't want to hear it. And then I didn't tell the part where... <laughs> Okay, as I take a swig of my energy drink, ladies and gentlemen, when you hear that guttural beat that grabs you from the loins, it goes, ah, it's time to listen. It's time to tune in to a multimedia (laughs) journalist from NBC and Telemundo, Jackie Casas, the girls with the pink headphones, the girl who's not wearing a robe today. She's actually fully clothed. Clothes on today, We should have got a picture of her last week. We didn't get any pictures of her last week. Using her, wearing her, her Hello Kitty robe. Hello anyway, with the news and dirty laundry, it's Jackie Casa. Shoo! 
What's up, Jackie? Hi, guys. I know. I'm so sorry to disappoint. I uh, had no robe on today. No dripping hair wet. Just, you know, slow, swollen eyes from oversleeping right oversleeping. before I came in. Sorry. <laughs> Next time, guys, I'll bring in the Hello Kitty. You I didn't should. know you guys were going to like the Hello Kitty robe so oft, so much. So it's, it's, it's the idea of you wearing a robe. It could be any robe. Okay. It could be a Hello Kitty robe. It could be a My Little Pony robe. It could be just a plain old flannel robe. Uh-huh. Just wear the robe. I like the idea of the kitty. Ah, okay. Good. Right on, guys. <laughs> so what's going on with news and dirty laundry? Sounds good, guys. Okay, let's move on. We actually have some serious uh, breaking news that happened over the weekend of Russia invading Ukraine. There was a warning that it was on the brink of disaster. Ukraine put its military on high alert and appealed for international help to avoid what they feared a possibility of a wider invasion by Russia, which ultimately happened where they uh, captured uh, the Crimean Peninsula without firing a shot. Initially, there was um, protests and um, Basically, it would look like a war scene out in Kiev, the capital of the Ukraine. Uh, President Obama has warned that there would be international intervention if Russia did not leave the, U- the Ukraine. It's expanded, like I said, from the Ukraine capital beyond Russia, uh, beyond, I'm sorry, uh, the capital of Ukraine. And uh, officials now believe, U.S. officials now believe that it has a complete operational control of Crimea, which is a pro-Russian area of the country, and it has about more than 6,000 troops in the region. I think you mean Russia has peop- uh, troops people in Russia? In Ukraine. In, in, in Ukraine. Ukraine? Yes. I got to tell you something. I think it's hypocritical of the president to have said what he said, especially given two things one remember him uh last year during the or a year or two ago whatever during the re-election campaign he he met with vladimir putin and then that infamous uh, uh comment he made to to vladimir putin when he thought the microphone was off and he basically said to putin um i'm going to paraphrase it but he said to him thinking the microphone was off hey listen let me just get past this election, and then we'll be able to do anything we want. Or, he said that. That's exactly. Yeah, that's what he said. I couldn't find it on video, but um, you mean on audio? On audio, uh, and that's what he said. And that just basically says, "Chill out. We'll take care of business. Don't worry. Just let me get reelected here." I because basically, when you're a, a lame duck president, you can do anything you want <laughs> because at, you can. You're not going to fight he's for an re-election. African American president. Oh, he's not even African American, is he? He apparently he's African. Not American. But that's another story. He is he American. Born, he was born in Kenya. They, I don't, I, no, wait a minute. They say he was born in Hawaii, but many people say he was born in Kenya. But I want to share one more thing, Angel. Um, talk about the election, the campaign. Let's go back to 2008 uh-huh. when Sarah Palin and, and, and John McCain were, were running for office. Sarah Palin, obviously, for vice president. And she said something that people laughed about back then. Okay, Lenny's going to cue it up right now. And she basically called it, and people laughed at her. Listen to what she said. Go ahead, turn it up. Five scenarios that would mark his words, it will happen. That there were at least four or five scenarios that would place our country at risk in an Obama administration. The Russian army invaded the nation of Georgia. Senator Obama's reaction was one of indecision and moral equivalence, the kind of response that would only encourage Russia's Putin to invade Ukraine next. That's crisis scenario number four. Now, she 
predicted this during the 2008 campaign, and she was laughed at. She was laughed at. Now, hey, listen, whatever opinions you might have of Sarah Palin, she nailed this one, dude. She nailed it. (laughs) Don't use nailed and uh, Sarah Palin. Well, there's been tension in Ukraine since last year where there's been a lot of protests in the country where the uh, president, which is ousted now, President uh, Viktor Yanukovych. Yanukovych. uh, He was supposed to have this like pact with the Western Europe uh, Union and Putin didn't really wasn't really jiving with that idea because he wanted it to be more on the Russian end. I want to know what's the big deal. He wants to go invade a country, and uh, why are we making a big deal because, about it? Because you know uh, what I mean. We we've invaded countries, and why we you know okay? Do you, you know what agree I'm with saying? It? Do you think it's no, okay? I for, don't then agree why do you it. think it's okay? Then why are you being blasé about that? Because no, I'm not being blasé. I don't think we you just should. said blasé. I don't think what the big deal is. That's blasé, Angel. Well, what I what I'm saying is we shouldn't be invading anybody, and anybody else shouldn't be invading anybody else. Then why are you acting? What I'm about saying it? is that. If any politicians are making a big deal about it, it has nothing to do with, oh, we want to save these Ukrainian people from the Russians. It's got to have some kind of underlying, you know, uh, motive. agenda An or motive. Alternative motive. motive. Well, no, it's the other way around. The motive, what is the ulterior motive for encouraging it as per, um, to coin uh, Sarah Palin's um, uh, phrase? Listen, um, uh, the Ukraine, after the dis- this dissolution of the um, Soviet? the Soviet Union, the Ukraine has become more and more democratized. People, uh, there's more and more businesses opening. People are having opportunities. Um, I had a friend who, when I was working at Fox News Channel, they actually went to the Ukraine. I was supposed to go, but I didn't. And and they came back with some amazing stories about how the Ukraine has changed since the fall of the Soviet Union. You know, uh, brought on by obviously Gorbachev. Um, the Pope at the time and Ronald Reagan and many Western leaders who pushed for the drop of the Soviet Union and the Berlin Wall and so forth. So it has moved forward. Putin, who's a former KGB guy, he's a KGB hack, Angel. So he, uh, uh, for him to invade or to encourage or to move into um, the Ukraine, that's a big deal, Angel. I don't think... step backward. I, and the, and the, po- the president's uh, step, posture in it is step backward, terrible. what do you mean? I don't think that we have any say in it. Of course, we I don't think we have any say in it. I think that that uh, that if if this guy wants to go invade over there, you know, well, we can say something, but we don't need to start, you know, having dialogue to kind of, you know, eventually send our troops. Okay, over there, let me ask that's you, the intent. But let me ask you this: to send our troops. But over let me there. ask you this: How about this? That's not the. That's not what the point is. I, 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 that's my point. I refer back to what I what. Uh, the soundbite with Sarah Palin. What she was mentioning, and the problem that I have with what's going on now, is that um, the uh, uh, the current administration's um, indecision with whatever Russia, or lack of decision with whatever Russia, or whatever I should say Putin is doing, it only encourages him to, um, to further his position and move into, uh, you know, countries like the Ukraine. Now, you say it's not good... Coining what you say, you say it's not good to invade other countries. Okay, then, Angel, forget our opinion. What, what, but uh, forget whether or not we're involved. But our opinions are valid. He shouldn't have gotten into it. He should not be, you know, trying to put in his own leaders into the Ukraine. And and the fact that 
you're saying that because we do it, maybe they should be allowed. That's blasé. No, I don't say that. Well, I'm just I'm just concerned that the U.S. is really only the people that are talking in high positions uh, against it. Uh, uh, I really want uh, uh, what they really want is position uh, our 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 troops in in the you know position them in a way to or or the situation in a way to where we have to put our troops in there. No, I don't think because so. Because of, of uh, I don't believe private, the, uh, no, the United States is not going to become militarily involved. That's the angel. It's the contrary. The point is that the United States almost encourages the administration encourages this by a lot by by um by sort of but not al- saying anything yeah but like, well they are like saying we're encouraging Mr. Well, uh, Putin to go invade uh is that why that mayor of New York was in uh partying with him recently weren't they just like partying Putin? together well yeah he's been back and forth to the United States are you talking about is, he, is he Russian the mayor of uh of New York the it, former mayor of New York not that I no, know. Giuliani, Giovanni, Giuliani. Yeah, he's been like <laughs> he's having a, beers with that's his, Italian. He's bro. been having vodka. I, I, I can't. Think I know. Of I just more realized Italian it. Name than Giuliani. But the, that vato's <laughs> been going back and forth with this guy over there, hanging out over there. What's the big oh, deal? My I mean, gosh. why? Oh my gosh, he's hobnobbing it. Okay, whatever. Move on. I'll just know that it. You know what Sarah Palin predicted <laughs> happened. Give her props. All right. oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. So let's. Let's move on to some over the seas gang banging from what? S- what? yes, overseas gang banging. Two Los <laughs> Angeles gang members appear to have emerged in a video armed and dangerous in the middle of serious civil war. This all according to a senior counterterrorism official confirmed by multiple media reports. Uh, this video has, of course, sparked several security concerns back here on the West Coast. In a video posted recently on YouTube, a heavily gang tattooed and camouflaged duo who call themselves Creeper and why no? Uh, <laughs> Brandish oh, AK-47s while they're uh, while saying that they're in Syria, gang banging. Yeah, that's um. You you heard that right. There is a video. I'm gonna go ahead and we're gonna play, but just gonna give you a disclaimer that there is some heavily um bad words in there. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Let me represent myself, homie. It's creeper, homie from the G Dub Treze gang, homie from Valley gang, homie. Fucking winer from Westside Armenian Power Gang, homie. Armenian putting it right down, here, homie. homie. In Middle East, fuck. homie. In Syria, still gang banging, not giving a fuck, homie. Look, you homie, gotta see that video. It's hilarious. Homie, still gang banging this shit, homie. Got the G Dub, homie. Go, Mali. Check out the enemigas right there, homie. <laughs> They're all right there, enemigas. <laughs> but we don't give a fuck, homie. <laughs> As you know, homie. And shout out, homie, Capone, Mr. Criminal from Silver Lake, homie, Capone from Cyclones, and Crazy Loco from Pasadena, and Pink Lady. We still got love for you, girl. We still got love for all your homies, all the Swedes, all you about those. So what are these guys doing over there? there. They're, they're pause it for a second, man. How did they get there? Did they... Oh! <laughs> Wait, play that again. They're actually standing behind a wall, and they start shooting at They're us. behind... The video basically depicts them behind a cement wall you know, blowing off bullets into this civil war in Syria. So they are, um, uh, one of them is from uh, the two gang members. One of them's Armenian from the Armenian power uh, gang, apparently. The other one's Latino from a gang called Sureños 13, which is a very popular Southern California gang. And they basically Sureños are showing 13, yeah. their tattoos 
and uh, uh, gangbanging. <laughs> <laughs> what else you? What else? Let you me just call tell you, this video has been authenticated as true. Like this has been ID'd as a real video from these two gang gangbangers, which apparently have been over there since <laughs> December 2012. <laughs> they are not American citizens. They have literally been booted out of the country I, uh, from some of their that. criminal activity. And that. there's um, been reports that the um, Mexican mafia has some sort of ties, some sort of ties to Syria. So that's where they think that might explain why the Latino La gang member but is over there. That makes sense. How you can know? he say they're Armenian? How can he say they're Armenian? Because one, one of them is in the Armenian uh, uh, gang, uh, power gang, or whatever, you know, and the other one's from the Sureños 13. Well, because uh, like the Armenians, they're like all over the place, right? Like what they were, the... Uh, they, Geographically, they were like banished from their country by right. the Turkish or something like that. Right. I just thought it was an Armenian so from the, from it, America. It, it wouldn't be unheard of that he. Well, he's probably from over here, but probably has ties in Syria. Uh, anyway, if you watch the video, and I'm going to post it on but, fa on our Facebook wall, you you'll just see the idiocy of gangbangers crosses <laughs> uh, all borders, and it's just ridiculous. I'm going to post it on Facebook. Yeah, the um, so this video uh, was found by 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 the FBI and the counterterrorism uh, units, and uh, this is where they were able to confirm from Facebook because the Armenian uh, gang member, which is from officially the West Side Armenian Power Gang, um, he has posted several photos of himself on Facebook, dozens of photos showing his tattoos and showing his gang signs and that's where they were to confirm also he was uh just to confirm that he was deported several years ago and he left behind a child here in los angeles where there was a photo that he said that he was going to he was going to come back to the u.s through mexico turn himself in do a little a couple of years and when he wrote it he wrote yours y-e-r-s uh and get out to see his daughter the other gang member uh, from the video, uh, call, like I said, calls himself um, 13, I mean Creeper, from the Sureños 13, which is affiliated with the Mexican Mafia. Oh, kind of silly? Uh, I just, okay, it went viral. There's, there's a... It went viral. It went, dude, am I going to talk? Go ahead, go ahead. But why why do I sound like I can't hear me really? Uh, you do that all the time. Anyways, uh, uh, the fact that these things go viral, it worries me. I mean, sure, you'll watch it and you think, okay, I just got to watch it again because it's a train wreck. But how many people sit there and think it's cool? How many people actually think this is cool? I bet there are. Uh, I bet there are. Like Pink hey, Lady a, and Cyclone. Yeah. Do they? Do they uh, <laughs> oh, they, you give me a shout out. Right? It's like, woo, from Syria. Go to our Facebook walk on Twin Talk Show. I posted it. Leave your comments. Let us know what you think. Are they, uh, are, are, are the camels over there lowriders? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the, the Mexican mafia, like I said, has ties to Hezbollah. That in, was a sympathy laugh. <laughs> in, in late 2007, counterterrorism agents um, from the FBI and the DEA were able to bust several businesses in L.A. that were peddling cocaine and counterfeit designer clothing in a storefront run by the Mexican mafia, which was fi financially benefited by Hezbollah. That's that's really? that's their tie there. So that's why they they know that the Mexican mafia is in cahootsies with Syria. Uh, I'm getting suspicious on that one. <laughs>
because uh, uh, you know the the whole thing about anti-terrorism. Well, uh, because you you don't have like this uh, clear-cut like borders and stuff of a war, <laughs> right? And then you say once you start saying the war on terror and the terrorists. You can kind of the you know the 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 lines are are kind of not so clear there, so it might be some kind of a move by the CIA to oppress the uh, you know <laughs> my my you know the browns the brown skin or the uh, the minorities, man. I don't know. It might not be real. <laughs> How could that happen? Why would a why would a Chola want to go to Syria? Well, maybe they're getting paid because there are such yeah, maybe the CIA, maybe but, on the CIA. Uh, but uh, how about payroll. just just to go shoot people and not get killed? And not get or not get killed, not get arrested. That video is hilarious, though. <laughs> it's really hilarious. Like I said, they're behind this concrete wall, and there's a little hole where they're putting this AK-47. They're like, "Look, Ali, that's where the enemigas are at." Pew, 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 pew. Uh, you know what? How do they I watch, shoot? <laughs> watch the video, and I I bet you there's nobody. They're shooting at poor shepherds because no one shot back at them. No, if they no really did. if they're really in the middle of a fight, why didn't they get shot back at? They're shooting at some poor shepherds that are just sh- sitting there and just that are shitting there, <laughs> just sitting there. <laughs> shepherds, some poor shepherds just sitting there, and just like what happens here, those guys are just a bunch of wimpy chavas that shoot at unarmed people. Did you say chavas? Eh? I said chavas. Chavas. No, it, not chavas. Is eh? it chava or chavas? Not chava. Chavas. Okay. But I you, cringed when I saw that video particularly because I I I was dumbfounded that LA gang members are way over there in <laughs> Syria. Anywho, let's move on to our next story. Uh, for our next story, I've posted a photo to our Twin Talk Facebook wall. Feel free to please comment on this next story that I have here. Uh, the photo that I posted is actually a mugshot of a woman who's suing over the use of her photo. The woman is the face of okay. a widely circulated, quote-unquote, hot mugshot. It was reportedly, uh, she's reportedly suing a website who played a part in her publicity. On popular sites such as um, Chive and Reddit, Megan Simmons, who's 24 years old, is pictured in an orange jumpsuit. She looks kind of like um, glassy eyes, but she looks pretty hot. The photo is about three years old from a um, mugshot that was taken after a DUI arrest in July 2010. It started to come out as a what they call a mem, where they put little funny captions on it, like "What is your cell phone number?" Uh, I wouldn't mind jumping in jail with that or something like that. Uh, so at first, it started it started gaining some popularity. Mind you, she was only in jail for about eight hours and the charges were dropped for reckless driving so it wasn't a big deal in her mind so when it started to come about on social media and these popular websites for the memes she initially thought of it as being flattering and kind of funny however she got very concerned when she started getting messages of um her address being known because her photo was put on a website that's a it's called instantcheckmate.com it's a background check website oh no which had her personal address and information not good so now she's suing this company because it accuses of using her photo in and out in an ad without compensation or her permission she's pretty is that the one that says can I have her cell number? Yes, it's that photo right there. That's uh, that's Simmons right over the, that, right there. That's pretty scary. She looks uh, she she looks pretty uh, pretty sexy. So now she's suing 
because uh, she doesn't like the fact that her personal information, she has four children. <laughs> right. And she's concerned for she the safety. She has four kids. Man, she's yes. a hottie for a mama. <laughs> yeah, she... <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you what. She uh, looks like, oh man, I'm going to sleep in a cell tonight. But here's the deal. <laughs> if it's a mugshot, isn't it, isn't it city or county property? Um, you know, I mean, typically if, if there's a mugshot, uh, but then again, you can't, I don't know if you can use city or county property as an ad. No, you can't. So unless you get permission or so you get compensation who, so for who it. So who has the lawsuit, her or the county? Because once you get a mugshot, it becomes county property, right? I mean, it's not hers to say anything about, it, yeah, it, I wonder, but the county, but the county can. We should have called Royal Oaks on this one to find out <laughs> what's the legality of this. Royal Oaks or, would know. Or Robin Sex. Uh, Ooh, I, I like all, all I know is that if where's her number? Can we, can we give her a call? <laughs> do, do you have her number? Because I'd love to call. Mench, her let me just mention that the tagline for that ad was "Sometimes the cute ones aren't that innocent." <laughs> <laughs> and the, the response is, "Yeah, baby." <laughs> her attorney says that at the end of the day, this is intellectual property, and um, and they need to pay for it. So I think she's got a pretty legit case. Uh, can I just forgot to mention this is in Florida where we know all sorts of bonkers case come about. So Stupid I'm sure. State. Okay. Name three bonkers cases. I got them. Well, I mean, like I name mean bonkers, three. like they're Zimmerman. so crazy okay. out there. One Zimmerman, uh, Casey Anthony. Okay. And uh, I'm sure there's another crazy I know one. there's more. Nordis, if you know any hanging ch- Hanging chads. How about that? Hanging chads. Which one was that one? Oh Refresh. my. The, I don't know. The election of 2000? Oh, yes. <laughs> the hanging That cats. one was bonkers, too, obviously. <laughs> I mean, Florida, you're just a little cuckoos. All right. So I'm sure she's got this in the bag. So feel free to comment on that Facebook photo if you think she's really hot mama jail mate. <laughs> okay, moving on, guys. This is actually coming out of New Jersey, where a teenager is claiming that her mother and father tossed her out of their home and cut her off financially. So now she's suing them for immediate support, current private school fees, and future college tuition. How old is it? She's 18 years old. And she's suing her parents? She's suing her parents because they have kicked her out and they should be financially responsible for her fees. The parents, (laughs) meanwhile, say that the daughter, who's 18-year-old Rachel Canning, moved out voluntarily after refusing to abide by their rules. They feel awful about it and say they miss her, but she wasn't following the rules, which were basically for her to... Kind of maybe like not hang out with her boyfriend but, who they think is a bad influence. But some I, judge picked this up. Like some judge actually says, okay, I'll take your case. Well, or, the, the thing is, it's not the judge's choice. The, they, they come to, they, they, he determines the way, well, I guess you got a good point there. Yeah. This is a legitimate lawsuit. Now, uh, the thing is that the, the judge basically said, no, you can't sue your parents for to pay your school tuition. But here's the deal. I totally relate, Angel. I, I have case. How, how many parents, Angel, how many times as a parent does one not feel guilty whether or not you're going to ruin your kid's life by some disciplinary action you have, but you know that you got to give your kids some tough love. <laughs> now, this chiquiada left the house, and the parents probably had had it with her, with her crap, you know, and all her you know, discipline issues. 
and she left the house and still insisted that they pay for her school tuition. I, the way I, what I say is good for you, parents. Uh, remember when mom and dad uh, threw my bed out in the middle of the I street? I remember. <laughs> what? It was our 18th birthday, and Angel was like, at, we had, my parents were really cool. They let us have a party at our house, uh-huh. and they actually let us drink and everything. Uh, well, I guess they let us drink. Punch. Anyway. Punch. We drank some spiked punch, <laughs> and we were got inebriated. Then afterwards, there was going to be after parties at my sister's house, and Angel wanted to go, but my parents knew that he had been drinking, and he was inebriated, and he stayed home. But Angel insisted. He asserted his manhood. And he said, I'm 18 now. And he and I'm going. And he left. And my dad was really angry because he had fought about it uh, before he left. So my dad, I'm sitting there at home because I was the good kid. I sat at home <laughs> watching my dad fight with my mother because my mom was stopping him while he was throwing Angel's belongings. Literally. My bed, my on, stereo. Literally. Everything in on the street. The street. Yeah. But I saw my dad throw it out the front window. Uh-huh. And then walk around to the front yard. My window was in the front. And then he grabbed the stuff and walked down the front yard and threw it over the fence. And then walked around the fence and then threw it on the curb. And he did that several times until all the stuff was in the street. Oh, that was something. It was hilarious. All those kiss posters. Everything was, yes. Everything His bed and everything. My chonies. Everything was out there. <laughs> right? The next day it was out there. But you know what? I know that there are a lot of parents out there who may relate to this kind of situation. <laughs> and right now on the phone with us, uh, parenting reporter and mommy blogger who contributes to KCAL 9. She has her own website, supermommy.com. She's a Peabody and Sherman. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Covering the premiere of Mr. Peabody and Sherman for the Insider and CBS. Right on. Our friend and uh, mommy blogger, Donna Tatro. Donna, can you hear us? Hi. How are you guys? Fine, Donna. Thanks so much for being on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. It's so good to hear your voice. Hi, Donna. Hi, hi. So listen, <laughs> uh, you know this case out of uh, New Jersey where this girl is suing her parents. The, the judge just said that he cannot, she cannot sue for high school tuition, but apparently these parents have been having some disciplinary problems with her, and she ran away from home, according to the parents. According to her, she was kicked out. What's your opinion? You're the mommy blogger. I don't care if she was kicked out or if she left of her own accord. I mean... Bottom line is, is that there's no way as a parent I would pay for her tuition. No way. I mean, she needs to respect her parents. I mean, and as a mom who sends her kids to private school, I tell my kids all the time, (laughs) if you don't get good grades and you don't do what you're supposed to be doing, you're not going to this private school. I'm not going to work my, you know, work so hard for you to then you squander this opportunity. And this young girl supposedly gets really good grades yes. and is a pretty good girl, but you know what? You have to respect your parents. And what lesson are they going to be teaching her if they allow her to treat them that way and then pay for her her uh, tuition? If there's no way. This is like seriously where you need tough love. My brother, I agree with you. My brother actually brought up a good point. Why even take the case? I mean, it just, it almost gives uh, the child an empowering feeling to think, wow, I could even sue my parents. Win or not, I'm making a statement. Uh, you know, um, what what do you think, though, about the college tuition? Because she's also wanting to sue for college tuition. Do you, you think that's ridiculous? Completely ridiculous. There is no parent that owes their kid college tuition. I mean, if, if we can help our kids, you know, the better for them. But, you know, you've got to be a good kid and a respectful kid and a hard worker. I mean, 
it, there's just no way that parents should feel that pressure. I mean, there's a lot of times we talk about um, on my site um, about college tuition and how to save for it and all the stress that, you know, parents have to go through. It's like they're saving for college tuition before they're even saving for their own retirement. Right. And, you know, um, it, you know, kids need to understand that that this tuition is out of control. Yes. And, you know, to go to a JC for a couple years and then maybe go to the college of your dreams, you know, for junior, senior, that'd be, you know, a cool way to go. But, right. you know, this young girl is demanding things of her parents that she doesn't deserve. What would you in do? In my opinion. If you were the parents, if you were her mother right now being sued by her, what would you do? Uh, would, be, would you want to go to her house and just give her a good whooping? Well, you know what? I I, I have to say I would feel so, so hurt because clearly these parents have done a lot for this young girl. Right. And because she was not doing what she needed to be doing and she was reprimanded for it, she's just, you know... She's just gone off the deep end. But and there's a, there's a, I would be I would be seriously hurt as a mother. There are a lot of and there are, I wouldn't. I'm sorry to interrupt, but there ahead. are other there are other uh, press uh, potentially precedent setting issues here. The reason why she left home reportedly was because the parents were not allowing her to have a boyfriend. So if this case even goes to trial, I mean it would, and if she wins, it would give. Um, uh, ammunition to all those little girls whose parents forbid them from having boyfriends. I mean, there's so many little. Uh, it's opening Pandora's box. Well, exactly, and the, and the bottom line is, is I feel like you're under my roof. You follow my rules. If you don't want to be, you know, under my roof, then you go ahead, do what you think you need to do. That... But you know, the other thing is, she is 18. You know, uh, Donna. That's good point. Good point. Th- Donna, this is Angel. And, you know, I'm, I'm totally in agreement, you know, she's a spoiled brat, but the parents had to have done something wrong for many years to her, for her to be so spoiled at this point. And by this time at 18, the young girl should be way humbled and very respectful. Angel, so, you, you, you stomped out on our father saying, I'm going to this party. Were you humbled? No. Yeah. The you next day when I, the next day I was hung over and I came <laughs> home and I had to clean up my room. But this girl well, goes, you know, what, so, you know what though this goes to? It goes to a, a deeper issue. What you're saying, Angel, is the fact that she's entitled and this generation of kids. Yes seems to be entitled. Yes. I had serious respect for my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't agree with certain things or, you know, I would give lip or whatever, ultimately I have respect for my parents. Yes. And 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 I think the way that we're parenting our kids these days by being their quote unquote friends, um could be the root of some of these issues. Yes. yes, it had to have come from earlier on. I agree, I agree with you, with but you sure. know what, though? How many parents, though, have done... There's there's so many situations where parents did a good job and the kids just go rogue for a while. This could be well, her. That's true. We're talking about a girl who is uh, apparently very intelligent academically, doing very well, even has options for Ivy School Leagues as she continues her education, if she continues it. Um, so perhaps she's too smart for her own britches. I know. I mean, I'd love to see, get her into some kind of counseling. If, if the parents could reach out and say, look, while this is going on, the three of us should be in counseling. Let's see what's going on. Because that's the thing. We, you know, we don't know the day-to-day details right. of what went on in that family and the dynamics. 
Well, you know, in our right. family, they had the Mexican belt counseling. <laughs> it was legit, too. Yeah. It was legit. Well, see, but that's the other thing. These kids know these days that if a parent spanks them, they could totally report them to child services. So, I mean, we're in a different world. A different world. You know what? It didn't stop me. Now, I didn't smack my daughters every day. Only when they went off out of line. No, I smacked my daughters a couple times when they were young. When they got older, then I didn't feel right doing it because, you you know, whatever. But when they were like a year old, I really gave them a good whooping. (laughs) Silence. I'm kidding. (laughs) That was a joke. That was a joke. (laughs) Silence. Um, uh, Anything else you want to add before we let you go and give you an opportunity to let our listeners know where to find you? Oh, well, you can always go to my website, supermommynot.com. Awesome and website. I do, I do um, some contributing for KCAL Minds Family Parenting Reporting, and I'm going to be doing my first piece for The Insider on CBS. I'm covering the um, Peabody and Sherman movie premiere, so that's on The Insider on Thursday night. Awesome. You gotta, you, right you, on. You got to, you, you're going to take your boys to that, right? I'm assuming. I did. We took them to the screening on Saturday. And they really liked it, but the you know Lego is at top. There's let me ask. No, they, let me ask you this: Lego's good. My sons went to see it this weekend. But I'm a big, big screener. I screen films. They've got to be pro- appropriate for three and a six year old. Now, how is Peabody? Is that one okay for the six for the three year old? No, I don't think so. To be honest with you, okay, good to There's know. There's a lot that'll go over a three year old's head. Um, but but there are some things in there. I mean, I, I think I think for a three year old it would be okay just because the stuff would go over the child's head. But you know, it's not. It wasn't like the Lego Movie. I mean, it was a good movie. I'm not saying it was a bad movie, right. but there was there were some themes in there. There was a you know, biting, um, swearing. Oh wow! You know, mm-hmm. But but you know what? It, you know, the Lego Movie had some violence in it too, but. I just, I don't know. It just <laughs> resonate with my five and six year old as much as Lego. Well, Lego is Lego, for goodness sake. That's an industry. That's a, that's a iconic toy and exactly. everything. But awesome. Anyways, uh, Donna Tatro from SupermommyNot.com, contributor at KCAL 9. She's going to be covering the Mr. Peabody and Sherman on the Insider on CBS. Check her out. Donna, thanks so much for doing this uh, with us on such short notice. We got to have you in here at Theo Lisa's Garage uh, real soon, if you will. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was good to talk to you guys. All right. Bye bye now. Okay. Bye. Oh, so how about that? I agree. Niña chiquiada. Yeah, she's spoiled. <laughs> she's spoiled <laughs> she for is. sure. You just got to spank her. <laughs> spank them when they're young. And uh, when they're adults, you spank them when they're good. All right, so what do we got okay. going on with uh, uh, News and Dirty Laundry? Okay, moving on, guys. We're going to move on over to a very, very boat that happened uh, in City Council today here in Los Angeles. Uh, Los Angeles is to ban e-cigarette use in public places where tobacco smoking is prohibited, including workplaces, restaurants, and bars. This is all following a unanimous vote that happened in City Council today, voted by 14 to 0 to outlaw their use in the um, dining areas, parks, recreational areas, beaches, bars, and nightclubs where lighting up is banned. The same as a cigarette. Uh, pretty much, yes. The so-called um, vaping 
lounges yeah. and stores will be exempted uh, in line as sort of like hookah lounges where tobacco smoking is, is allowed, um, uh, as well as using e-cigarettes for whatever purposes they have. Uh, the battery-powered uh, devices are marketed as aids to quit smoking and allow users to inhale a nicotine-laced vapor, but experts say not enough is done known about the effect of the chemicals involved on smokers or those around them. I, I agree. I uh, I myself have a vaporizer and I dig it. I, it's not a vaporizer, is it? It's, it's not a vaporizer. I don't know what it's they call it. Because a vaporizer is a, as a medis- medicinal uh, vaporizer used for yeah. well, it's basically a vaporizer because you 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 I, inhale the vapor. It has some oil in it with some little bit of flavor and uh, and some nicotine in it. Indeed, it helps to curb the the uh, the uh, because you can basically select up to what level of nicotine you want in it. Correct? Yeah, but the problem is that I I'm kind of torn because I dig it and I think it's a it, and I know people who have used it to kind of quit smoking mm-hmm. and I I dig that. But but I I am torn because indeed there you, there's no labels and I'm all about labels and you can't you know you can go on, uh, on, a, on a cigarette pack and know more or less what's in there yes and on the on uh, the cigs you have no idea what's in there and a vape uh, uh, vapor is is just as can be the, just as harmful but here's what's, or worse than cigarette here, now here's so. a problem I have with this okay if there's nothing that's showing what's in the vapors risers or whatever you call them or the e-cigarettes, then then just have them printed out. Why ban things? Here's the deal. I have spoken and I've done stories and I have friends who also have been doing this who have literally they're, quit. But they're not banning Let me finish it. Let me, yeah, they are. They're banning it from certain places. Let me, yeah, but... From, yeah. And uh, they, they swear by it. They have lost um, and they have lost the urge to smoke mm-hmm. now as you know smoking a cigarette has all the tar and the nicotine and all the other things in it these vape e-cigarettes some of them uh-huh. have nicotine some of them don't right a lot of guys do it without even nicotine so it's just vapor that that evaporates no but, but you don't know yeah you i know you're right it does evaporate within seconds it doesn't really carry very far uh, and it evaporates right quick, but it's still a vapor. And a vapor has, just like any, uh, it, it has the potential to carry toxins and yeah, carcinogens but, but and if stuff that's, in it. But here's the deal. The, so I can uh, understand how they would they would classify it in a public place as uh, they would classify a cigarette because there are people who don't in, don't want to inhale but, smoke. But you know when you, you walk want into inhale vapors, when either. you walk into a, um, uh, a uh, outside patio and there's a mister, that's a vapor. Yeah, but it's water, man. But so what? What's in the water? You don't know what's in the water. It Fluoride. Could be, you're it, right. I get you on be, that one. It could be, a, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a lot of things in the water could be recycled water. We don't know that. It's a vapor that evaporates quickly. And we, in good faith, think that the water's clean and it's going to be evaporating before we even have I hear you. I, if that's the case, then they should start banning, you know, buses. I think that there is a, the, a more you know, nefarious they reason. They should start banning farts. I believe that the... I. I <laughs> I believe that there's a moment. You ever go on the bus when it smells be- really bad? <laughs> I believe, dude. I believe now that's a vapor. It gotta be. That one's gotta be banned. You got. You gotta have penalties for letting that vapor go. Um, <laughs> the, I believe that there is a more. <laughs> That'll make anybody quit. <laughs> I believe that there's. I'm trying to finish sentence here. I believe that there's a more nefarious reason for this happening. Nefarious. I believe, nefarious. I believe that there's uh, that the big tobacco's behind it because a lot of people are quitting. 
I did a story about these uh, with these men. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Uh, where these men were like, one. they're just, I mean, men that have been smoking, because there were men, I'm mean, sure there's women, that were just excited. They're like, man, I can't believe I actually quit smoking. This is the one thing. I did it. I don't, I don't inhale the tar and the nicotine anymore. You know? Just so we know the uh, grandiosity of this industry, which is it's a $1.5 billion industry that literally just started in the last several years. This is not something that's been going on. There it, you go. That's what I'm saying. They, that much? Start, the they really? started getting about numbers about in 2010, which was just, what, f- four years T- ago? And yeah. tobacco is being threatened and they're like saying whoa 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 we need well, to stick tobacco is going downhill period but, because there's been such a low but it amount of, but it of smokers in comparison no, to and now, and and now, now CBS. this is pushing it no, you know what now this no, is pushing it the to, numbers are wrong I mean there has been more people out there more ads and more more knowledge about it but just like obesity here in the United States we know what's bad for us but we still are fat same thing with smokers. Smokers, more people are smoking now than ever before. And now, but the only thing that's been curbing it is this e-cigarette. And these... Um, that's here in the United States that I believe the numbers are that the cigarette smoking has curbed. Just, Internationally, especially in the Asian countries where tobacco is sold for relatively cheap, has increased. Dude, you can go on YouTube and see little five-year-olds smoking, Asian five-year-olds smoking cigarettes like they've been smoking it for years, man. It's 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 kind of funny, but kind of sick at the same time. Uh, but you know what? Just smoke bud, eh? Yes, guys. Doesn't no. even give you cancer. Angel, oh, my God. This is... Uh, it doesn't. It yeah, actually... You're believing it Anything, it actually, that, anything it actually, that burns, Angel, anything that burns and causes smoke is a carcinogen, Angel. I can't believe you're saying it's that. It's Yeska, man. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's burning. <laughs> it does matter. Angel, if you if you are inhaling something that is smoking, that is burnt, it's a carcinogen. I don't I can't believe you're saying that. I, I, I know so, Jose. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, this vote uh, follows a similar vote that happened in uh, New York City over in December, which basically decided to ban in public areas as well. Um, and the regulation from the e-cigarettes varies from state to state, um, but they are often, of course, banned from sale to minors, and they're not allowed on planes or trains. Um, but it's still, it's internationally, though, it's banned in several Latin American countries. Um, as a whole? As a whole? Yeah, it says, Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that, but you know what? I do. I'm. I, I'm. I'm all for getting some kind of labels on there so people have, know what the heck they're inhaling. Totally for it. Well, I agree with that, but I don't think. I think that I really don't believe the uh, motive is that. I really believe that the 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 politicians are in the back pocket of the. Of I the do because uh, you know L.A. County. The uh, the the you council. Can't even, like, they, they smoke can't. in your like balcony of your you apartment. You can't. You, you can't even park like in Burbank here. You can't. I know. You can't smoke walking down the down street. Down the street. Yep. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But you know what? And I, I'm not even a smoker. I don't. I just think that I'm tired of the government infringing on our rights. Listen, if I if a person wants to smoke, let them smoke. You know. I mean, I don't need to stand next to them. Well, there are still studies that are uh, meant to be released on e-cigarettes. There's not that much uh, information about the long-term effects of the smoke, the vaping or smoking e-cigarettes. They are sold in public areas such as malls and commercial centers mm-hmm. where there is obviously a high uh, density of people in there. So we still need to find out what the full effects are of e-cigarettes. Well, 
Just look at me, eh? How do I look? Look, you a lot of people period. are a lot of people are quitting <laughs> smoking because of this. A lot. Yeah, I've and seen then, it too, and, I, and I'm ex- I'm hoping that uh, that's where I'm going on the on the smoking. Uh, but not on the Yeska. <laughs> Begin. Listen to this. Beginning in the mid 1970s, per capita cigarette consumption began to decline more steeply than during the decade following the 1964 CDC report. So in the 70s, it declined. And then um, this is look, at, look at what Billy Scott said. He said, uh, one of our listeners, I used to quit. I used one to quit smoking. I smoked for 30 years and I haven't bought a pack of cigarettes in two see? months. I love these e-cigs. Right on, Holmes. You see? <laughs> I mean, that, for you. I mean, they really, I mean, if and you can choose what to smoke or vapor. Or what, vapor. Yeah, you can pick the flavoring. You can pick the amount of nicotine you want in it. Or none. It's, uh, a lot of them don't Or have none at all. Um, and it's uh, some people say they just um, smoke it just to kind of have like as a habit. They they go automatically to a cigarette to smoke. Yeah. Um, and, so and it doesn't linger. The the vaporizer just kind of vapes away when you yeah. when you let it out. So it doesn't yeah. really linger. Yeah, but there are still vaping lounges that and stores that are in full. Uh, in full effect. I just I, full I, 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 steam ahead. I, 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 don't be I haven't pers- been to one. I, I think I'm gonna go with my 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 vaporizer. My e cigarettes eh, is shaped like a pipe. I don't want to. I, I don't want to. It beat doesn't this. look all feminine. And I shit. don't want to beat this up to. But I'm just tired of the government infringing on all of our rights. Everything. I mean, even in New York, they try to uh, the ban the 32 ounce Coke. This is ridiculous. Anyway, yes. so that's all that I have for tonight, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Jackie Casas with the News and Dirt Laundry. Stay tuned. Tonight, we're going to be talking and answering the question, who was the father of Hollywood? We'll be talking with author Galen Whitley-Keith. We'll be right back. Martinez, your loca host of Maz TV. Just wanted to check in with y'all and let you know to catch our show every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. on Channel 20, DirecTV, Dish, and AT&T Uverse. Tune in. And welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. We're going to go to our music break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to author Galen Whitley-Keith, who wrote the book The Father of Hollywood. Uh, This is the story of her great-grandfather, H.J. Whitley, who is uh, the man who created Hollywood. How did he do it? Well, we'll talk to her about that. But right now, we're going to go into a music break. This is by Della Coma, and it's called Dead Will Rise. rise tonight. Oh, mm-hmm. 
And welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. And we are broadcasting live from Theo Luis's garage on TwinTalkCast.com and also on Live 365, the largest internet radio network in the world. Yeah, just look for Twin Talk Cast Radio on Live365.com. Uh, we want to remind you all that you can chat us up on our Facebook wall on Twin Talk Show. We appreciate your comments, your questions, and even your beatdowns. So go to Twin Talk Show on Facebook. <laughs> also want to remind you that you can go to Instagram uh, and Twitter. They're all the same handle. It's Twin Talk Show. Just don't bring us a, a, a beat down like a gangster from uh, Syria, right? <laughs> hey, they, uh, one of our listeners, David Ramirez, Paul, uh, he, uh, he, he, he commented on the, uh, on the video of the, the gang, uh, East LA gangs over in Syria. <laughs> right. He says, gang culture has permeated throughout the world. Ignorance travels faster than intelligence. Smart, smart comment. I like that. I like it. Anyways, now, um, uh, I, let me tell you, as you know, we talked about the Oscars earlier on, and I kept shutting my brother up because I knew that eventually he'll get to the point where he'll ruin the movie for me. That was, <laughs> that was my real motive for shutting him up. But anyway, um, we, I, I recently covered the Oscars, as I do every year, and um, it's such a cool event. It's an exhausting, excruciatingly painful thing to do. Did you say hi to Sandy for me? Uh, oh, good old Sandy? No, I didn't. But, but Kate and I were like this. Um, anyway, um, you always get to meet some really interesting individuals. I get to work with people from uh, international media when I cover that, and it's a lot of fun. But um, I met an interesting person re- recently, and uh, and I can't wait to talk to her about this. Uh, she turned me on to this book because she's the author of this. It's called The Father of Hollywood, and the her, the author's name is Galen Whitley Keith, who is from um, she's a Manhattan Beach native, and um, but she which is. For those of you who have, are, are not from uh, America, Manhattan Beach is uh, pretty close to Hollywood. Anyway, the author, Galen Whitley Keith, has written this book called The Father of Hollywood, which is uh, the biography of her great-grandfather, H.J. Whitley, the father of Hollywood. Apparently, she has utilized some of her great-grandmother's uh, journals and memoirs to recreate H.J. Uh, Whitley's life, and on the phone with us now is Miss Galen Whitley Keith. Hello, Miss Keith. Turn her up. Audio. Oh, hold on. We're having issues again. Hold on. Make sure that she's on there right now. <laughs> she's on. Hello. Do you hear us? Oh no, we're having phone issues again. Uh, what is? Going I'm interested on? in knowing the story of Mister Keith and uh, and uh, how he. Whitley. Mr. Whitley and how he's he's the uh, 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 what is it the uh, father of Hollywood? The father of Hollywood apparently was uh, some kind of real estate magnate, uh-huh. magnet, or magnet, magnet, magnet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know the padrino of East LA, eh? the Godfather of East LA. How's that, <laughs> Galen? Do you hear us? I don't know what's going on. All of a sudden, we had we had, we have uh, issues. It's um, we're gonna have to reestablish the call. Um, it happened last time, and you ended up using another yeah, we, phone. we just used the phone earlier. We saw we had Donna Tatra on, and for some reason, um, you know. It could it be our engineer, Lenny? It's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The, so, apparently, this guy came down, like, in the 1800s from, I don't know where he came from, but, um, uh, I, I, you know, what was here back then? Uh, orchards. What kind of orchards? Like? You know, all kinds of orchards. Citrus orchards. How about that? That'll cover it all. <laughs> <laughs> let's re- let's reestablish that call here. Let me let me try a d- different phone. Okay, we got to figure out what's wrong with that phone. It's happened again. 
Ay, ay, ay. Okay, here we well, go. We need another phone. Hello? Hello, Galen. I'm sorry about that. Something happened between the last caller and you. Can you hear us? Oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> sorry about that. So my brother and I were remarking about how uh, interesting it was that we know, according to this biography, that before uh, what we see now, the glitz and glamour of Hollywood, it was all orchards in Hollywood. Is that correct? Like, it was all orchards. What My great-grandparents arrived in Hollywood in 1886. They were on their honeymoon. And my great-grandfather was a land developer. He developed over 100 towns before he got to Hollywood. Wow. Um, so what he did is on his honeymoon, he came out and, and he was looking at the property. So he went up on the hill of Hollywood, which at the time, you're correct, it was Lemon Groves. Wow. And most people like to know, this is probably where I'm going to start the story, they like to know, how did it get its name? Everybody goes, where did Hollywood come from? Yeah. And and really what happened was on their honeymoon, they went up to the hill, they were looking um, over the valley. In fact, long ago, you could, for small, <laughs> you yeah, could right. <laughs> see all the way to the ocean. Wow. And so they were standing there, and along came a Chinese man in a wagon, and the man got out, and he didn't speak very good English, so... They, they said to him, well, what are you doing? And he bowed Chinese style, and he says, up early, work hard, Hollywood, because he was hauling wood in his wagon. Oh, <laughs> wow. What are they? Wow. So a Chinese man helped name Hollywood. Wow. Uh, the reason why was my great-grandfather said, Holly, he was British. He said, Holly will represent England, and wood would be Scotland. That's his other heritage the forest of Scotland, and so that's how it got to be Hollywood. Wow. Interesting. Now, when you said your grandparents, your great grandparents came here for their honeymoon, where were they residing at the time before you know when they came to vacation for their Hollywood? Well, um, really, my great grandfather worked for the Chicago Rock Island Railroad, so he set up towns along the railroad. So he kind of lived all across the whole United States. But when they originally got married, they went to the Dakotas right after their honeymoon. He did make an arrangement to buy 500 acres um, in the heart of Hollywood. It ran from La Brea to Coanga. Wow. And the center kind of being where the Dolby Center is, where we, where I saw you this week at the Academy, you know, mixer. So it's, it's amazing. Yeah, he kind of, he owned the heart of Hollywood. <laughs> now, how did the movie industry, now, you you know, uh, he, this is the man who made Hollywood. Um, uh, what are you talking about, Angel? Uh, what's our well, caller's What's our caller's name? Galen. I introduced him. I know, but I forgot. Galen. Right. <laughs> How he made he made Hollywood. Hollywood. He it was a phenomenal man. He started towns. In fact, kind of while he was developing Hollywood, he also developed the San Fernando Valley, Reseda, Canoga Park, Van Nuys. But how did the um, movie? There too. How was he instrumental in bringing the movie industry into Hollywood? Because it could have been like wait a it second. It could have been the rail industry. Can or, I can I ask a question first, Jose? Go ahead, uh, Galen. This is Angel. So the the, the I want to go back to the uh, uh, the Hollywood, the naming of Hollywood. So if it was a Mexican, would would the name be Howling Tacos? <laughs> could be. <laughs> Could be if he had tacos. I don't know what he would have, but whatever. Uh, so it could have been. But uh, yeah, uh, talk about could have been. Um, uh, your your great grandfather could have been, um, you know, helping another industry in, like the rail industry or the steel industry. Well, how was it that the movie industry came into Hollywood, uh, uh, according to your grand great grandfather? 
Well, see, well, well, I was trying. I was starting there. I'm kind of. I'm a long talker, probably. But I was trying <laughs> to say that, like, he developed the San Fernando Valley, and he developed all this place. I mean, kind of a lot of Los Angeles. And he decided that they needed some because he's already done a hundred towns. He goes, the people here, the young people, the old people, they need jobs. Right. They're all coming. There's nothing here. And so he was always looking for some sort of industry to to give to the people and. He was fortunate enough to be connected with Harry Chandler of the L.A. Times. He'd heard of the movie industry, and he happened to run into um, David Horsley walking down the street. You probably don't know who David no, Horsley who, is, who but is I'll explain that. So David Horsley was a film um, producer, and he he met my grandfather in Hollywood, and my my great-grandfather asked him, would you like to do, you know, kind of a shot on my property? Because everything was filmed outside. It was silent movies. So on October 26, 1911, um, the Horsley brothers and Al Christie came and did kind of a test screening, filming on their property. And my great-grandfather said, you know, the Blondie Tavern on Sunset and Gower, you probably could rent there and set up a studio. Because he was looking for business wow. to come to his right. place. And so... It turns out the next day they rented that um, tavern. It became Nestor Studios, and Nestor Studios eventually became Universal. And now it's Gower so, Studios. And right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but really it evolved into that. But then wow. um, what he did to make Hollywood Hollywood, when he first came to Hollywood, kind of before movies arrived, he built the Hollywood Hotel, um, where the Hollywood and Highland Center is today, right. and a bank across the street. And so when the movie producers came, they had a place for all their crews to settle. He gave the financing. <laughs> he kind of did every angle. Wow. wow. Yeah. Now, he was a pretty uh, amazing man. And, and how about everyone thinks of Hollywood, and obviously they think about the Hollywood sign. Did he have anything to do with the Hollywood sign? Well, actually, he did. He Well, to begin with, when he first arrived in Hollywood, there was no electricity, no telephone, no indoor plumbing. Wow. <laughs> it was a whole different world. It was horse and buggy days. So wow. he brought the modern era to Hollywood. He Actually, the first home he owned in Hollywood was on Hollywood Boulevard and Whitley Avenue. Mm -hmm. And what he did was, was it he called brought Whitley? electricity what? in. Was it called Whitley before he moved there? Whitley Avenue? Did they name it after him? No, no, he named it Whitley Avenue. <laughs> he, he actually put, I mean, it was all, was all, actually another box. See, I have so many stories. That's the hard part. I flip all over because, you know, family stories. Um, well, when he bought there, it was originally a lemon orchard. And I'm sure you've all heard the saying, if life gives you a bag of lemons, make lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was coined about H.J. Whitley because he had the lemon groves and he turned it into Hollywood. His business partners coined that about him. Wow. Nice. Give him anything and he'll turn it into a success. Wow. So, I but, mean, he put in Sunset Boulevard. So tell us about the... the Hollywood the, Boulevard. Tell us about the Hollywood sign. the Hollywood sign. <laughs> I flipped back to there. Um, <laughs> so he brought electricity to Hollywood, and he he was selling land. Um, well, I for your listeners who may not know, there's a historic spot still in Hollywood. It's called Whitley Heights. Yes. It's kind of on the hill mm -hmm. in Hollywood. And so because it was way up high, he came up with an idea. He put up a sign, Electric Lit, the first Electric Lit sign in Hollywood. It said Whitley Heights. 
it really was the same kind of letters that the Hollywood sign has. Well, his business partner that he developed the San Fernando Valley with, right. Harry Chandler, who owned the Los Angeles Times, was having trouble selling his land that was kind of adjacent to um, Whitley's land. So he said to him, well, you know, this sign's been great. Why don't you put up a sign that says Hollywood land? Wow. And it was going to just be there for a year to sell the Hollywood land. And so Harry Chandler put up his sign and... Now it's still there. Wow. So we've only been hearing half of the story because I heard the story of Harry Chandler putting up Hollywood land, but we did not know that the idea came from H.J. Whitley after his Whitley Heights sign was uh, had success. Uh, when did that sign? Do you have any idea when his sign came down and why? Well, I, he, he, there's a house built where the sign was. So, so that, that, that would be why. He was just putting it up to advertise his land. Wow. Because um, electricity was new. He had the first electric lit house, which is hard to believe because we've lived so much in the modern era with computers and everything to think in the 1900s, which is just, you know, a little over 100 years ago, right. there were no electric lit house. Wow. <laughs> so people would come to look at signs. So so Hollywood so, <laughs> so Hollywood early on was and now and now they're throwing signs, eh? <laughs> right now they're going to take those signs down. Yeah. <laughs> My brother's referring to gang signs. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, those kind. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's a whole different. Yeah, HJ didn't do that. <laughs> now let me ask you: Growing up as the great granddaughter of HJ Whitley, uh, were you, did you hear these stories growing up? And when you did, did you feel that? I mean, how did you feel to hear these stories? Well, as a child, my mother always goes, he's so amazing, he's so amazing. And as a child, you just go, great, Mom, go away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just really how it is. You you really can't fathom it all when you're young. And all of a sudden, um, she said, someone in our family needs to write a book about uh -huh. it just to record the history. My great-grandmother actually kept journals and diaries and newspaper clippings and started to write a book but never got around to finishing it. And so... If I didn't write it, the history was just getting lost. It was like he was vanishing. <laughs> and I, he really is kind of like the Steve Jobs long ago that really put it all together. He was a businessman. He wanted an industry that would be viable. Like if you look in San Fernando Valley, like the low, I don't know if it's the lower paying jobs, I guess, would be there like the cameraman, extra crew, and originally... The stars, the producers, and everything lived in Whitley Heights. Wow. Um, if you um, long ago, Grauman's Chinese, which I guess is TL Chinese currently, yeah, right? But it was the Grauman's. Well, it was called Grauman's back then, and they had the first star, you know, tour like the bus tour of homes, and right. uh, the majority of the stars lived in Whitley Heights. Wow! Now I'm looking so, at a picture of Gigi, who's your great grandmother. Um, and mm -hmm. I see a resemblance, Galen. Were you named after her? Well, I no, Gigi. Gigi. Well, Gigi is always how I knew her. That's like her grandmother name, and my grandmother name is Gigi too. Uh -huh, so I see. I'm, I'm actually Galen, and well, it's kind of a family story. My mother was named Mary Ellen, and her grandma name is Mimi, and my sister is Bonnie and her name's BB. So we just do that. <laughs> the family thing. <laughs> Makes it easy. So, can yeah, you... <laughs> well, yeah, when we have, fortunately my family has 
longevity. So when my children were born, like they had four great grandmothers and two great grandfathers, so it gets confusing. Then were you were you fortunate enough to have met uh, your great grandparents? Um, no, I didn't. No, they they passed away because my great grandfather was born actually in 1846. Oh wow! So yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah. He died in 1931, so he was able to see the movie movie industry come into kind of sort of beginning of the golden era, right? Of movies, yeah. So he it was quite an amazing journey. I find it amazing. I find it amazing also that H.J. Uh, Whitley was so instrumental in creating the San Fernando Valley, which for many, many years has been where uh, the working class of Hollywood live. Right. I, I think that was um, his idea was to give – he was really a, a very um, amazing man. He didn't go out for glory, probably not typical Hollywood. He right. was behind the scenes. He worked from sunup to sundown. Um, like when Hollywood first started, they didn't have enough um, people to attend to have a high school. And so he put an ad in the paper and said, if you'll come live in Hollywood with a student that would go to the high school, you can have a year's free rent. Wow. So he housed people to wow. get the high school started. So he did a lot of things like that that people, I mean, it's an extraordinary thing because most people don't do that. When the San Fernando Valley had some hard times, his business partners, he had four business partners that were kind of the head of the building and all the things. He was the general manager, but they were partners, and they wanted to foreclose, and right. he said no. Wow. So he said, you know, give the people a chance. They'll, you know, people are good. They'll pay their bill. So it's just a, it's not the thing you see today so much. Now, talk about what you see today. Um, I assume that, I mean, you don't live in Los Angeles anymore, but um, I assume that you make it to Hollywood uh, every so often. Uh, do you like what you see? I, I do like Hollywood. I like, um, I've gotten to know a lot of people down there. I uh, went to the 50th anniversary of the Walk of Fame. He kind of played a part in that, too, so I'll flip to that another part. When he had the... Hollywood Hotel, which is on the corner of Hollywood and Highland, like, say, Rudolph Valentino, Charlie Chaplin, all those kind of movie stars would eat at the hotel, and to make people come in and see the stars, they put stars on the ceiling. Wow. And said, like, <laughs> this is where Rudolph Valentino eats, this is where whoever, you know, eats, and so everybody wanted to come and sit at his table under the star, well, when the hotel... Fortunately, the hotel was torn down, but when it was, thank goodness, the Hollywood Chamber kind of embraced the idea of the star and put it in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, so the stars are in the sidewalk instead of on the ceiling of the hotel. Wow, it's an amazing story. Um, I, I, what, do, what do you have to say about the, the fact that, well, I read here that they're making, there's a screenplay in the works for this, a uh, couple of screenplays. Tell us about that. Right, we're we're currently working on well the the movie for the book will eventually be a trilogy. Um, they decided to start with the center part of the book, um, which would be called the Father of Hollywood when he originally came and how he set up the town and he kind of changed California architecture and brought all these modern things that other areas didn't have. So it's kind of the foundation. 
And then the agent decided he didn't really want to start there. So the name of that movie, I believe, but who knows, they may change it, will be called The Father of Hollywood. Then the screenwriter, they wanted really the end part of the movie because that pertains to the part where he actually gets the movie industry to come to Hollywood. And it will be called Hollywood. And then they also are working on a fantasy which will kind of teach children about how Hollywood came to be and the relevance of Hollywood with a lot of fantasy in it. And it's going to be calling Hollywood. Wow. Fantastic. <laughs> now, this <laughs> so it's kind of taking the name and it, 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 it will all relate. To, the story relates to how he meant the Chinese man. And it's a, you know, a fantasy about how it all came to be. Okay. Well, the book, so, the, the book, <laughs> the book is called "The Father of Hollywood." Uh, where can uh, where, yeah. is it av- available in CD as well? Um, it's a, yeah, it has an audio. You can buy the audio, um, like on Amazon. You can buy the audio. You can buy it on Kindle, whatever. A Nook, if you have that, whatever. To our listeners, listen to it. Yes, read it. <laughs> look it up. The tale. The book is called "The Father of Hollywood." You can find it on Amazon and Kindle and all that. Get it before it becomes that screenplay and becomes this award-winning film. Galen, thank you so much for um, for being on our show. Uh, I appreciate your your chatter and your chat. And I want to read this book. I can't wait to get into it. Uh, let our listeners know. Well, I can't wait to see you next year at the at the Oscars again and say. It's happening. Yes, and we'll talk. I can't wait. to the big screen. I, I can't yeah. wait. Please promise that you'll be with us on our on our show again to talk about that when it happens. Oh, I'd love to. Awesome. Now, uh, let our listeners know where they can find your your stuff, websites and all that. Um, it's uh, fatherofhollywood.com. They can buy the book through me. I do autograph books if they have book clubs even. I do like telephone calls like this, and we can have you can have their friends all over, have a glass of wine, and discuss the book, and I'll be on the phone with them. Awesome! I could they can just book me that way, or or email me, whatever. I'm pretty open to as long as I still have time. I try to correspond with anyone who has questions. I've helped kids. Um, I guess one of the things my great grandfather did is he said those who think they can and those who think they can't are both right. And so I've started talking to schools. Um, I have black kind of, you know, the uh, rubber bracelets that say I can on it, and it's to get kids to know they can do anything if they just work hard. They can be anything or anyone they want to be. Well, you did it because uh, the, the father. That's another of, aspect of me. The yeah. father of Hollywood is in print. It's a story of the man who created Hollywood from its very, very beginnings. Uh, author Galen Whitley Keith, thanks so much for being with us. Can't wait to talk to you again. Okay, love talking with you. See you next year at the Oscars. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. We'll we'll be right back with Angel's Chill Lounge and Patriot Pass.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose and, and I'm Angel. And I, I want to talk about I want to talk about an interesting statistic that I heard today. Uh, I read that a third of a third of Americans have reported that they are not uh, that have, they have been adversely affected by the Affordable Care Act of 2010, otherwise known as Obamacare, by either um, either uh, their rates have gone up, they don't have coverage, uh, whatever it is. One third of Americans are reporting that the so-called Affordable Care Act, although also known as Obamacare, has affected them adversely. In turn. Only 16% of Americans say it's helped them. And I got to tell you, um, these numbers were practically already predicted before the Affordable Care Act was passed with our, without our permission. It was already known that a mere 15%, 12 to 15% of Americans actually really needed it. And a 50%. 45 to 50% of Americans did not want anything to do with it. Yet our president and it's his party who who said over and over again during the uh, campaign that they would be a transparent, open administration, signed the bill behind closed doors. And then they did not allow anyone to read it until it was signed. Quote by Nancy Pelosi, the then Speaker of the House, who said... Oh, we'll read it after we sign it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a a government that is representing Americans when 50% of Americans didn't want it passed. And indeed, now that the Affordable Care Act, so-called Obamacare, has passed, a third of Americans have reported that they have been adversely affected and only a mere 12 to 15% say it has helped. Ladies and gentlemen, America is not being represented by our government. Don't believe the hype. This has been my Patriot Pass. Thank you. That was my brother exercising his biggest muscle in his body, his mouth, and his Patriot Pass. That's when we give him a pass to just say whatever he wants, even... Even though he has a pass to say whatever he wants on <laughs> TwinTalkCast.com because this is the Twiniverse. And we'll be right back with Angel's Chill Lounge and stand by. You better not let him in 
little old lady got mutilated late last night Werewolves of London again Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Kick back and listen. doesn't matter what the details are it's really how you say it not what you say or why you're doing is more important than what you're doing you see it's all about the vibe so check it we are all vibrational beings everything everything has a vibration in its own frequency you me sound a tree a rock 
all vibrations. So check it. Check your vibe. Is it disruptive? Is your vibe violent? Or is it calm and serene? If not the latter, then refrain and sink. Sink with the wind. Sink with the ocean. Or just be silent and sink with it. So check your vibe. Chill. One love. That's another edition of Angel's Chill Lounge. That brings us to the end of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel for this week. Did you notice that I was listening to uh, Willie Bass's show last week on Enlightenment? (laughs) Talk about Willie Bass. Stay tuned at 9.05 tonight. Tales from the Sunset Strip with Willie Bass. With who? Modeling. Oh. Are you going to be modeling, Holmes? <laughs> He's going to be talking about modeling. What he means, you you have to tune in to find out tonight at nine oh five on Twin. I mean, on Tales from the Sunset Strip. T- stay tuned next week on TwinTalkCast.com as we bring another edition of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel with more surprises, more fun, more news and dirty laundry, and all that good stuff. We'll see you next week. Shoo! Good night. Shoo!